sometimes they're just like, well, why do I need to eat? Or I'm not hungry. We hear that a lot. I'm not hungry during the game. It's hot. I'm sweaty, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, I know you're not hungry, but like this will really help you in the long run. And it's like, it really is habit change, you know, because they're so used to not having anything during a game or during a practice or planning ahead. So, um, you know, it's like a different, essentially like a different muscle that they have to start working. And once they get into that routine, then they're like, oh, what other snacks can we have in the dugout? Or let's try a different flavor of this. And then like the whole team is involved. And I I love that because like the team can just really, um, like bond over food. Is it realistic to always have a steak when you're sore? Like probably not. (laughs) And if you are like, you're eating good. (laughs) Hey everybody. Welcome back to the high school coaches club. I'm your host, Max Price. Mid to late summer is one of my favorite times as a baseball coach because I am as much as I can be as a head coach free to just kind of be a dad and a husband. It's been so much fun this summer. It's a chance to, you know, recharge the batteries, finish up some reflections on the past year, and then really start fresh into the new year, um, you know, re-energized, ready to really get after it with, with a brand new team. And as you guys know, every single year, it's a brand new team. So for those of you who are starting up official practices soon, I hope they get off to a great jump. I wish you nothing but the absolute best. Hopefully today's conversation centered around nutrition can help your squad reach some new heights. Huge thank you to Will Miner and the Gang Over Netting Pros. They have powered the high school coaches club for years. And if you need any facility improvements, make Netting Pros your first call. Not only will they help you design it, but they'll do it all custom for you. From the fabrication to the installation, they've got you covered. For netting, digital graphic wall padding, turf and turf protectors, cubbies, windscreen, ball carts, you name it. They crush the baseball and softball world on a daily basis. But they also get after it in football, soccer, lacrosse, track and field, golf courses, and just about any sport you can imagine. They are truly making facilities better all across America, providing high quality products and services for facilities, fields, courses, and stadiums throughout the country, not only at the high school level, but for recreational, collegiate, and professional sports as well. You can contact them today by calling 844-620-2707, emailing info at nettingpros.com, visiting their website, nettingpros.com, or by checking them out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. Netting Pros, they're improving programs one facility at a time. In this episode, I'm joined by Caitlin McNally. After playing high school softball and volleyball, she attended Michigan State University before heading to the University of Buffalo for grad school, where she found a passion for helping student-athletes use food to reach their athletic goals while working closely with the school's volleyball, women's tennis, and track and field team. Since then, she's turned her focus to helping youth and, you guessed it, high school athletes. It's a great conversation with actionable ideas you can put into play today. So, let's do it. Let's dive in. It's episode 85 with Caitlin McNally. All right, Caitlin McNally, thanks for joining me. Hi, how are you, coach? I'm doing really good. I'm glad we were able to connect and make this happen. I think there's a lot of uh, kids, especially, obviously, but then coaches who try to help kids and parents who try to help kids who don't really know where to start when it comes to feeding them and making sure that whatever you're feeding them and putting into them is something that's going to be able to help them performance wise while also being, you know, quick, easy, usable. Like it just, there's a lot that goes into it. That's, um, I think a lot of people are kind of starving for that. Yeah, absolutely. And what we've really seen the past few years is 
this huge uptick in travel sports and doing a specific sport year-round and then combining that strength component. And now I feel that you know, they're getting students and parents are getting more confident in the weight room and reaching out to those strength coaches and that expertise. And now nutrition's kind of coming into that conversation as well. So I'm really excited just to see like how nutrition has really boomed in the last couple of years from professional and college play and now looking at high schools as well and even other youth athletes. Yeah, I'm in the the baseball world, obviously. And so for me, like it's been really cool because over the last, I don't know, five to 10 years, the like the the upper talent level of high school baseball players is just like through the roof. Like the things mm-hmm. that the, the the talent level is so insane. And so it's like we've we've reached this frontier of of guys who are just so good. And then they've they've added the strength portion of it. And it's just like all this stuff is so great. All this tech is so great. And it's to me like the final frontier of that is, okay, now the nutrition part starts coming in because I think all of us listening and me, certainly I've had players who like, they just crush the weight room and they, they go absolutely ham on the baseball field. But you're like, man, I watch you during the day and I watch what you eat. And there's like, you probably could be so much better and you don't really know how high the ceiling could be or mm-hmm. how much you might be being held back by what you're actually eating. Right. Or even if they're not checking in with themselves on how they're mm. feeling and they're just going out and playing, like when we start making some small nutrition tweaks, they're like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. My muscles aren't as sore. I'm sleeping better. I'm recovering faster. And, you know, or I'm able to play at a high level in that ninth inning. You know, mm-hmm. the same as the first inning. So I'm really excited. I mean, where what we've seen with baseball specifically in the nutrition world is actually the MLB was the first professional league to require all of their teams to have a dietitian on staff. Mm-hmm. And now you see other professional leagues requiring that. And so baseball is at it was really in the forefront and they even started providing nutrition services to their minor leagues mm-hmm. as well. And they're definitely, I feel like MLB was on top of it before um, the other sports really like required, like other teams ha- would have a dietitian, but it wasn't really mandated from the professional league. And I use this as an example because I view it as like if a professional athlete has access to nutrition services or, you know, a college athlete, like we should be providing our high school athletes this service as well or, you know, information because they're the ones who are currently growing, developing still, and they're trying to manage schoolwork and sport. So it's actually like Yes, professional athletes 100% need nutrition, but these high school athletes like really need it too, just at the stage of life that they're in because they are still growing. So it is crazy. I was going to say, I remember with the minor leagues, I I, I could be wrong, but I think the Houston Astros were like the first team doing it on their own basis of like actually feeding the minor leaguers Mm -hmm. real food. Yes. You, you, they're at the ballpark all day and they're, you know, they, then they'd be eating just like, you know, essentially 
bologna sandwiches, right? And then, so I think the Astros are the first team that really started like investing in nutrition for their minor leagues. And then, of course, you know, the the entire the entire organization or the entire uh, uh, professional level started doing it as well. And it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you mentioned the high schools. We had a had a coach on recently. I've had a couple of them actually, um, but they're at uh, Gainesville High School in Georgia. There, it's a football program. But the the school has over the last like twenty four months or so has put an insane amount of money into their athletics. And it's been really mm-hmm. cool to watch. And so they've one of the things they put in was a, a student athlete only um, like cafeteria, and it feeds. And, and the basic premise of it is um, after school, you know, you've had lunch, then you go to practice, and then after practice you eat. So they like feed you a real dinner, like real food. It's a real cafeteria. And then you go home. And so like you get a lot of high school kids who maybe go home to, you know, not great food opportunities Mm -hmm. or, um, or they, you know, going to get Taco Bell on the way home or whatever. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. they're feeding them real food before they walk out the door, right. When they've got, you know, they finished working out or having practice or whatever. My jaw is actually dropped because I've not heard of this program before. Uh-huh. And I mean, that is a level that there are some colleges who aren't even at that level yet. Yes. So, and that's actually a really big piece that after school piece is a big pain point or a challenge, I should say, Mm -hmm. for athletes because when you look at a typical high school schedule, that afternoon just can – I can go any direction depending, you know, and you don't know like before like what time practices. A lot of times that varies and, you know, when do you fit dinner in or, you know, and it's – that is just amazing to me. Um because I'll ha- I'll have to look it up after this because yeah. that's that's insane like that's awesome I love it it's very cool I sent it to you it's it's really mm-hmm. neat and they're they're like investing in the right things is pretty cool and then the on the you know the flip side you end up having teams that are better at their mm-hmm. sport and they win more but it's like in the, the the short term the what you're actually doing is feeding kids and helping them that's that's kind of cool for everybody so for you what I wanted to do mm-hmm. really is go back to your own high school experience first yeah. and just where did you go to high school where'd you grow up what sports did you play that sort of thing yes love it so quick introduction my name is Caitlin McNally I am a registered dietitian and owner of youth sports nutrition I am located in Lawrence, Kansas with my husband, who is a strength coach for the University of Kansas football team, and he's the director of sports science. And then we have a one-year-old son, and um, we've kind of moved all over a little bit, but I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. I went to a small private school, Lutheran High Northwest in Rochester Hills. I played volleyball and softball starting at a young age throughout high school, and then I went to college at Michigan State University to pursue my dietetics career, and then moved to the Buffalo, New York to go to the University at Buffalo to continue my nutrition education. So in order to be a registered dietitian, you have to do an internship and master's program. So I did that at the University of Buffalo. And then I stayed there for a few years. But what's really 
was really eye-opening is I wasn't familiar with the sports nutrition or performance nutrition world really up until my master's degree at the University of Buffalo. We were provided the opportunity to start working with the Division I athletes there, and it was really exciting because there wasn't a wealth formed program. They did not have a full-time dietitian on staff. They weren't providing stu- their student athletes with food at all. But we were able to provide them nutrition education. We could do grocery store tours with them. We could do cooking demos. And all of that was really exciting because even just providing the education to these student athletes, they were so excited. Um, you know, some of them were there on scholarships, some walk on, some international students. And just to have that opportunity to interact with those student athletes was awesome. I really loved it. Um, and then I kind of was, you know, I loved that environment, but I knew I wanted to do something a little different. I, I just didn't feel that pull to go into college athletics. Um, instead I really started thinking about where is nutrition missing within our athlete population. And I, you know, I, thought back to my high school career, and I tell this story at almost every presentation that I give, but um, when I was in high school, we had a break after school before volleyball or softball practice started, and my friends and I would get into one of our cars, and we would go to Taco Bell, and we'd eat Taco Bell, and then we'd come back for practice, and I we did that so many times a week. And then I, now I look back, I'm like, oh, no wonder I was not feeling great for practice. And I was feeling sluggish or because we were going through a drive-through or fast food chain. And that just relating that experience back to what I did in high school. And I'm like, those are the athletes that I want to help. So that's where I've had a little bit of business change throughout the years, but ultimately in the last Two years, youth sports nutrition really came to be. Um, but I have been working with athletes and teams for probably seven years now. Um, I worked with, when I was in Buffalo. I worked with USA Hockey, one of their um, high school camps. I believe it was like a sixteen U um, hockey camp there. That was so much fun. Private facilities doing group presentations, teams, one on one consults. And um, I just love working with this population. And there are challenges, but love figuring it out. And when you have work with an athlete, just like you know, when you work with someone who is like really dedicated to the sport and -hmm. is a good listener and willing to make changes, like that is where you see that's where you can make the biggest impact, even with nutrition. Yeah. When it's coming from the the student athlete or the player and they want to make a change, that's a huge deal. And it creates um, a huge amount of buy-in. Like it, it, I remember when I was in high school, uh, my my dad was a parent who like wanted to help me, but he didn't really know how. And I was slow. And so he's like, let's do like speed training stuff. And I remember hating it and I never wanted to go uh, to these workouts. And so obviously the buy-in was pretty much zero from me. And mm-hmm. so I, you know, we'd be like on the way and I hated it. And then, you know, you'd be sent home and you're supposed to do a bunch of stuff throughout the week or 
like when I was in <laughs> like elementary school, like playing the cello and having to go home and like, I never practiced. Like I didn't care. There's no buy-in. And so without the buy-in, it's really hard. And so that's, that's what I was kind of at the beginning when we we're talking about like performance goals and the weight room. Like, I think this is the nutrition part is the part that a lot more people are starting to look at. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is the opportunity for me to mm-hmm. get even better. And I think that buy-in, well, obviously that buy-in helps a ton. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it really starts on the field or in the weight room. People will start just asking questions and even coming from parents. I mean, parents are on social media as well, and they're seeing blogs and influencers and posts about um, how to perform better or whatever. And they're asking those questions on even how would this help my athlete? you know, or would this help my child? And so we're getting, you know, we're starting to get that too, especially with social media being such a big push and it is great information. And I always talk, that's one of the things I talk about with my athletes is where are you getting your nutrition education from or your nutrition information from? Because we need to make sure we identify if it's good quality information or if it's not. So um, because there is a lot of kind of, you know, bogus stuff out there. So and we know high schoolers are sponges, right? Like whatever they see, they want to try. And um, which is great. You want them to ask questions, but we also want to set them up for success too. Well, when I was in high school, this was, I graduated in 2007. So that kind of gives you a time frame of when. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, like, I, I wanted to be good. And I remember uh, taking, you know, weights classes every year. And they'd always tell us, you know, if you want to gain weight uh, at night, you need to eat two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and have a glass of whole milk right before bed. Mm-hmm. And then if you were feeling sore, you need to eat a steak <laughs> or like <laughs> some sort of meat. And so I remember like they tell me that. And for me that like there wasn't social media wasn't what it was. It's not like I was going to go right. on the Internet and find out like, is this accurate? Yeah. Is this? But I remember just feeling like, oh, that's what I have to do. Like I got to go home. And right before I go to sleep, I'm going to eat two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, have some milk. And I did it for, you know, two days or so. And I was like, this is, this is really awful. And this isn't fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a good start. But, <laughs> but then, you know, you make a good point too, is like, as when you're not the primary person in the household who's doing the grocery shopping or who's mm-hmm. doing the cooking. And when I work with athletes, that's a lot of times I bring in the parents and the other um, siblings in the house or whoever's living in the house because, you know, the last thing, I mean, I'm a new parent, but the last thing that I want to do is prepare a different meal for everyone in the house, Uh, right? So (laughs) if we can pull it all together and say, all right, this is what's for dinner. Okay, let's see how it fits everyone's lifestyle. And, you know, and so, and making it realistic. I think that's kind of where I'm going with this is, okay, what's realistic? Is it realistic to always have a steak when you're sore? Like, probably <laughs> <Yeah>. not. <laughs> Definitely you're, not. You are eating good. And if you are, like, you're eating good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Really good. Yeah, I think that's, uh, there's, like, my mind goes to two things right away. One is, um, because I, it, Working with youth kids and high school kids, so many of them come in, especially as freshmen, and they're twigs. Like they just, there's, they don't really have any muscle on them, so they start working out. But you, I've had plenty who have gone through three or four years of high school, and they don't even really 
like they they keep getting taller so even as they're you know kind of gaining weight they're not really they're not really getting stronger so like in in the way that they'd want to and so i think mm-hmm. my mind immediately goes to like okay two two big things that a lot of kids really want is to get bigger yep. and then the other one that i know myself and lots of coaches and kids struggle with is uh, which i'm sure we'll get into too is like when you go on a road game and you have to uh, travel yes okay so we got to stop all right well we'll stop here because there's a taco bell and a mcdonald's nearby and you have mm-hmm. choices and it's like okay how do we make decisions there so like for me that's where my mind goes what are, what are some other places that like parents or kids tend to go when they're talking with you about like nutrition and stuff. Yes. So um, first, it's all about performance goals, especially um, weight gain and mm-hmm. muscle gain is huge. Um, high school athletes, it's a little bit more difficult. Like you said, you see them come in as freshmen. So they're probably 13 or 14 years old, 14 probably. And um, a lot of times with with males, you know, their their body is actually not ready to develop muscle at a rate that we want it to. And you know, it's just part of the normal development stage. They have to fully go through puberty first before really gaining muscle, and that's why we'll see a big fluctuation of when males are starting to really gain that muscle. Um, so that's why it tends to be more of that senior year or even, you know, maybe junior year where we really see that big muscle gain starting to happen. And so like identifying with them, okay, where are you at in your developmental you know, stage in terms of puberty? Um, and that's a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> because you want to gain muscle now, right? Like, yeah, got of time to wait. Um, but um, I mean, and that's huge. We see a lot of that even with like freshmen in college, the big differences that they can make in a year. And that truly is because of age. Like they're just a little bit older. They're 18. So they can like their body is like ready to develop muscle and they develop it at a more efficient rate. Um, so that's a big one. And then travel, absolutely. Travel's huge. I mean, um, kind of just deciding, okay, are you going to stop for fast food? What can you bring with you? Um, and then also working with teams, if what other options do they have? Um, you know, is can you stop at a grocery store and they have a lot of prepared meals available that you can pick up? Or do they do, you know, a sandwich catering or can you get Jimmy John's or a Chipotle to cater to the field so you can have a meal on the ride home um, and trying to understand that, um, especially with baseball and softball now um, in the summer. But really, what does tournament play look like in the food? I mean, the same thing that you were mentioning, like there's only concessions typically mm-hmm. available. Obviously, a lot of parents and teams bring in their own food, but what does that look like? And um, I think those would probably be the two biggest concerns is that that dinner piece, especially when they are traveling a lot and um, and then just weight gain or even, you know, feeling sluggish during the day. I always try to assess like, how are your studies? You know, do you feel you're able to 
um, stay attentive and focused during the day because I always try to, you know, remind like you are a student athlete. You know, we have to focus on our studies too because nutrition does impact their focus and attention span, which relates back to school as well as on the field or on the court. Um, and if I can get a good idea of what the, what's happening during the day too, um, and then just we make small nutrition changes like on a week-to-week basis. And then all of those small changes start building up over time and it becomes more sustainable. Um and then it becomes habit versus making large, drastic changes um, overnight. You know, going from not prepping any meals on the weekends. Okay, now I'm going to start prepping five breakfasts, five lunches, and five dinners, and all these snacks. Well, that's a really big change. So let's see where you're at currently. Um, so yeah, I think it's like I, I do work one on one, so everything's personalized, um, but. I, that's definitely where I see the most is weight gain, travel nutrition, competition nutrition, um, and just working through those barriers. We found this year with our baseball program this past spring, it was early in the year. One of our assistant coaches always had like a box of snacks in his car for himself, like because it's a long day. And so, yes. you know, it didn't take long for kids to notice like, hey, he's eating a granola bar. Hey, can I have one? All right, fine. Come, you know, and then, you know, then all of a sudden there'd be three, four, five, six guys gathered around his car before practice every day, you know, stealing snacks from an assistant coach. And so he had this idea. We already had an Amazon wish list that parents could go on and buy like team equipment for and they, you know, buy us. Yeah. And it was really cool. And he had the idea of like, what if we just toss snacks on there and then parents <sighs> can buy, you know, snacks. And so we went onto our Amazon wish list and we added in, you know, millions of types of snacks and, you know, jerky and um, a lot of granola bars, things like that. And, uh, you know, sent it out. Mm-hmm. And parents then, uh, and right, random people too that I don't even recognize their names. They could have been parents or guardians or yeah. grandparents. I don't even know. Uh, they start all buying. And so we'd have like every day I'd go to school and by, you know, halfway through the day, I'd have people bringing up to our, to my classroom boxes from Amazon, uh, filled with snacks. And so we ended up having our whole season this past spring. We had uh, a snack basket that we'd bring to every game and every practice. And literally, it would be empty by the time the game was over. Mm-hmm. And it just made me think of like, so these kids were like craving that food or that energy kick. And before this, what were they doing? So like during games, they just didn't eat. They didn't. Right. Or, or during a practice, they didn't. Or before, like, like wow. So like we're going through, you know, tens of thousands of calories between a, over, you know, a whole program every single day of snacks that they otherwise didn't have. And I thought it was like a weird moment of like, holy cow, this is a this is something we never thought of, of like they, they're hungry. And how can Why you play not? well or do well if you're hungry or if your energy is low? Oh my gosh. I love the Amazon wish list idea because it it's so easy, right? You add it so to your easy. wish list. And like, it's so like, even if someone posted it, even I'm like, oh, let me go check out their Amazon wish list. Then, you know, I can buy something for them real quick. Yeah. Right. So, and honestly, but parents appreciate that too, because it, they're, that's kind of one less thing they have to think about when mm-hmm. sending their kid off too. Um, so yeah, that was a great idea. I love that you guys like took initiative on that. And honestly, that's something very similar, like those snack baskets during practice or during games. That's what 
dietitians do at the college level, one of the tasks that they do. And that's like something else that I really like to tell um, like coaches and players about. I'm like, hey, check out what's your favorite university or college? Like, let's see if they have a nutrition Instagram page and let's try to see what they're doing to fuel their athletes and what can we replicate, you know? And so a lot of times they'll post really cool pictures of, um, you know, fueling during the tournament play or, you know, the conference tournament play. And those, they have pictures of snack baskets on the bench or in the locker room. And I'm like, (laughs) see, they're doing it. And this is all really simple stuff that you can get from Amazon, Costco, like let's replicate it. Like you guys can do this too. So, um, but the Amazon idea is, I'm sure your the parents really appreciate that. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. So like as a parent, you know, I go buy a $10 thing on it and then I don't, I don't even need to buy anything the rest of the season. And if every parent and then random people, like I said, that I don't even know do it. Like we've just fed our whole team and my kid for 10 bucks. And like, it's, it's done right. at that point. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to worry about it. And then you add in making sure that they have water. And I think one of the cool things that comes out of that too, that I know you've talked about, you know, outside of this podcast before too, is the when you're you know properly hydrated when your energy is properly you know fed so to speak the the like the injury risk goes like it plummets like you can't yeah. avoid all injuries obviously but when uh-huh. you're tired or when you're thirsty or when you're dehydrated the like the risk of injury is so much higher than it would be had you been properly fed or properly hydrated right and that's such a good point because a lot of times these students don't realize that, right? They don't make that connection of being properly fueled with preventing injury, right? But if I tell you like, oh, if you have a few snacks beforehand or when you're in between innings, you're going to have this and you start to say, okay, you're going to pay attention more, right? You're going to be way more focused. You, um, you know, your speed and your agility is going to maintain that level or, you know, increase throughout the game. And ultimate, you know, it's kind of like a little chain of events, but like at the end of the road, you are preventing injury. And what I can also like add to that is not just like preventing injury, but also you're going to recover faster too, because you've been fueling this Mm -hmm. entire time. And I all like one of my analogies is, you know, view your body like a car and in a gas tank. Right. And you you don't want to be on E. Your gas tank, like you can't go anywhere if your gas tank's on E. So you just need to constantly be fueling, you know, gassing up that car, gassing up that your body so that your body doesn't end up on E. Because if you're trying to drive a car on E, like you're not getting anywhere. And, um, you know, so it is a really like important thing to know. It's like, Sometimes they're just like, well, why do I need to eat? Or I'm not hungry. We hear that a lot. I'm not mm-hmm. hungry during the game. It's hot. I'm sweaty, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, I know you're not hungry, but like this will really help you in the long run. And it's like it really is habit change, you know, because they're so used to not having anything during a game or during a practice or planning ahead. So, um, you know, it's like a different essentially like a different muscle that they have to start working. And once they get into that routine, then they're like, oh, what other snacks can we have in the dugout? Or let's try a different flavor of this. And then like the whole team is involved. And 
I, I love that because like the team can just really um, like bond over food. That's what we do, right? When we eat meals as we socialize and bond as just humans. And I think that's a really good aspect that you can bring into your team culture as well. And one of the cool things that came out of it too was it's like as soon as we started providing snacks, it was like an unlock where you had kids who probably wanted to eat. I don't, I don't know if it's like a subconscious thing, but they almost – it's like they feel like they're going to be ostracized if they bring their own snacks and they're eating during a game. There's like a fear of like, what will, like, will the coach think that's okay? Like, will the other players think I'm weird? If I'm sitting here eating, you know, a bunch of snacks in between innings, will they think I'm lazy? Like, what, what do they think? And I remember once we started providing snacks, all of a sudden we'd have kids bringing others from home too. And like mm-hmm. one guy, one of our players, a uh, silly kid, he, he'd bring an avocado <laughs> and he 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 literally was eating it like it was kind of gross, but eating it like an apple. And you, you you get to a point where you're just like all of a sudden it's unlocked and kids start wanting to bring their own snacks and adding to it. And it just becomes a cool thing where kids are trying to eat healthy and do something, even if they don't really know exactly what it is that they're doing. They're trying So mm-hmm. we'll have, you know, all sorts of coaches from all sorts of different, you know, sports that will listen to this and, um, you know, kids and parents, too. And so the demands of sports are different, you know depending on they what sport are. you're playing. But if you're, if you're just generically like, hey, I want to I help my kids have more energy and feel better and, and have food in a dugout or, you know, on the track meet or, you know, in a football stadium mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, like what would be your like recommendation for just generic kind of go-to safe, healthy things if you don't have to worry about, you know, any, any outside factors? Yes. So what we mentioned of what you said just about bringing snacks into the dugout, that same concept can really relate to any sport, whether, you know, it's on the bench or track meet or, um, you know, halftime snacks or in between quarters or innings periods, whichever it may be, um, including snacks throughout play, whether it's a tournament competition or practice, like I encourage that all the time. Um, so really, it, yes, demands of the sport are different. The person is different, but having something available for the students is you, you really can't go wrong. Um, some of my favorites, um, include fruit snacks and mm. applesauce pouches. Those are probably like my go-to those. I personally use both of those when I'm training and working out. And, um, the, you know, kind of think of simple carbohydrates and something that will not upset your stomach, but it's, you're not going to really feel full, but you're going to be providing your body with calories and carbohydrates. So, um, fruit snacks, applesauce pouches, um, like fig newtons are, you know, just having a couple of fig newtons, a granola bar, even like those chewy bars is a good option. Um, you could even do fruit, which is a little bit more difficult to transport, but keeping it simple, like oranges or bananas, both of those are really easy to digest and will provide that quick source of energy. And, um, I would say those are probably like the main ones. Also having a sports drink available, um, with electrolytes and carbohydrates, um, is a really good option as well. And what we like to focus on is I I just mentioned this, but the simple carbohydrates. So our body uses carbohydrates as energy. That's our primary source of 
fuel. So that's what we want to focus on during competition. And when we keep stuff easy to digest, and I use the word simple a lot, is that ultimately because it's a source of carbohydrate, it provides us with immediate energy to keep that level up. Um, And when we have foods that are difficult to digest or just take our body a longer time to digest, like whole grains, um, protein, high source of protein, high source of fat, um, there is still a lot of research that's needed on including those items throughout competition. Um, but as of right now, we like to limit protein and fat products during competition and only focus on those simple carbohydrates. Um, but I think that is my go-tos for sure. Or any – I always recommend like sport-specific products, so using like the Gatorade chews mm-hmm. or um, goos as well. Um those honey stinger, honey stinger, the brand, they have waffles and chews or, um, so even if you wanted to go that route, which tend to be a little bit more expensive, but, um, yeah, I really, you know, I always tell athletes to experiment too, see what they like, um, or, and let me know. And I can say, okay, yep, that's a good option or it's not a good option, but, um, they usually like, the fruit snacks. <laughs> it seems to well, be a winner. So, it's so funny that the fruit snacks is the first thing that you said, because I have a, I have a three-year-old, it'll be four here in a, a little bit, and uh, obviously loves fruit snacks. Like we'll literally mm-hmm. do anything for them. And, uh, and so I, when we were creating the Amazon wish list, the, we put fruit snacks on there because I just kind of had that frame of mind. I thought, oh yeah, kids will eat this. It's fast. It's easy. Um, yep. And every, every time when the fruit snacks would be the first thing to disappear from the, the little snack, but like they would just be gone immediately. And then you'd, you'd start moving on to the other thing. So I'm glad that that was on your list. I remember yeah. we also had a, a player who brought his own, um, their uh, once upon a time pouches. But I remember seeing him eat one like, oh my gosh, my, like, my three-year-old eats these all the time. <laughs> and I, I kind of made fun of him for it for a minute. But I was like, but actually, honestly, this is probably like really insanely healthy for you right now. And probably helps right. a lot. It really is just like pureed whole foods. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little 90 calorie, you know, pouch full of, you know, fruit mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm like that is an awesome idea. Yes. When it comes to providing snacks too, I think – I we always want to like look at time frame like how much time is like what's the time frame from the your lunch to the start of practice because what I've seen is that lunch is really early in high school mm-hmm. compared to like that standard like okay lunch is at noon well high schoolers are not eating lunch at noon these days like it is way earlier than that and you know maybe they go that whole day and they're really just kind of snacking throughout the day. And that could work, but really want to like, if it's over four hours, like you need another meal, like you need a, like a peanut butter and jelly with a few, like a yogurt and a side, like Mm -hmm. a couple hours before practice too. So trying to understand their schedule as well and just helping them. Like, I know your schedule is different every day. I understand that. But when there's over – when it hits like four hours between lunch and practice starting, like you need to make sure you consume like a solid meal um, or even like a mini meal of what I call them um, so that you really can start 
your practice energized because yes, those snacks will help, but you've already, you're already starting on E, like if you're not having anything beforehand. Well, yeah, so, if you do the if you do the math, that ends up being six to seven hours between the time you ate lunch and the time practice ends, where you can finally yeah, eat dinner if yeah. you even end up having a dinner, right? Like that's a right. long time. That is such a long time. So you know, I ask them, all right, what can you have in school? Maybe you know, depending on the time frame, like, or can you stop by your locker and grab a few bites to eat? What is there a teacher or classroom that allows food in the classroom that you can have this? And usually, it's pretty simple because like they're in between classes or whichever. But I'm like, you probably need another sandwich, yogurt, a piece of fruit. Maybe it's crackers and like hummus dip or something like that. Like a lot of times, they need more. Food. I think that is also the biggest thing I see is like they'll say, oh, yep, I eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I'm like, so that's a good starting point. But <laughs> how much are you eating during those meals? Because breakfast, you're probably rushing out the door. And if you're at lunch at school, are you consuming the lunch that's provided, which is a great option. But a lot of times for youth athletes, it's not enough calories. Or what are you bringing from home? And then in addition to those three meals, a lot of times they need like at least three snacks, like good size snacks, not just a chewy granola bar, you know? (laughs) So yeah, like, and uh, so what we see, I think just in general, I forgot to mention this earlier, is that they're not eating enough. Well, I I assume you get this with with kids too, high school athletes especially. Um, I know I do. Um, So many of them don't even eat breakfast. Um, You'll you'll ask them, "What'd you have for breakfast today?" And they're like, "Oh, Uh I didn't." And you're like, "You you get you got to do something." And so, like a lot of kids, obviously, it's super busy. They don't want to wake up early. I don't blame them. I don't. They they want sleep. They need sleep. That's all great. But they also need to have something in the morning. Um, So when you like. a good way to frame this might be when your son is in high school, what what would you recommend him to have in the morning if he's not going to obviously get up and take the time to make a full breakfast? Like what are quick breakfast things that high school kids should probably take advantage of? Really? I mean, if you can just do a bagel, hard boiled eggs, or throw a waffle or a pancake in the toaster um, that you can pr- spread some peanut butter and jelly on. Mm. Um, if you're really rushing out the door, you know, yogurt, overnight oats. Um, I do focus on, especially with athletes who are not consuming breakfast at all, a lot of times we'll be like, all right, what can you prepare on the weekends? You know, can you do egg bites that you can just heat up quickly um, that morning? Um, because it does take planning. And I think that's um, that's hard for people, you know, like taking those extra couple of minutes on a Saturday or Sunday or Monday night to plan out and actually cook ahead. Um, so breakfast is definitely one where I'm like, all right, or can you make a crustless frittata that you know you can serve, you can eat throughout the whole week? Um, and breakfast is definitely hard. Like you said, they don't want to <laughs> get up yeah. early, but um, I'm you have to, you know, like you, how I envision it is that the word breakfast, you can also break it up into break the fast. So you, your body, you just fasted without consuming food for probably eight to 10 hours because you were sleeping, right? You're not sleeping and eating. 
So you need breakfast to break the fast. Um, and that's going to help jumpstart your day. And when you start fueling early and often, that's when you're going to see big jumps in your energy level. Um, when we start looking at you're consuming all of your calories at the at the latter part of the day, you're not eating enough. Like there's no way that you're even getting adequate calories to maintain your current um, activity level and just everyday needs. Um, and if you want to gain muscle, if you want to run faster, if you want to feel your best in that last minute of the game, then you need to start fueling. And it, sometimes it starts at breakfast. And, you know, it just kind of comes back to that commitment level. It's like, if this is what you want, this is what you need to do. You know, are you going to practice every day and are you going to strength training a couple times a week? That's great. We have to add in this component to bring you to the next level. Well, the the hard boiled egg is such an unlock. Uh, my, we have a, like I said, we have a three year old going to be four here in a little bit, and uh, he loves hard boiled eggs, and mm-hmm. we love hard boiled eggs because, you know, I can make, you know, you can make ten of them, yeah, and then it'll last a week, and mm-hmm. you know, in the mornings it's so nice because if he wants eggs like what do you want for breakfast eggies okay cool do you just want a hard-boiled egg yeah great now i don't have to cook eggs they're already cooked i've got it's just good to go it's ready it's easy it's so fast and then when you get older obviously you can start doctoring them and and putting them onto other things to supplement another you know food item or whatever um and it's so easy to make like a high school kid could do it Uh (laughs) become a perfectionist on them probably in about two tries Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, with the doctoring it up as well, it's like, you know, if you do have – yeah, you can eat it by itself. That's fine too. But what if we had avocado toast and you sliced it and added it to your avocado toast, you know, or you could essentially do a breakfast sandwich, but instead of a scrambled egg, you have a hard-boiled egg, you know, and um, like all those components only take a few minutes to prepare. Um, But I think it's hard because a lot of times breakfast is a very carbohydrate-heavy meal, which is great. Our body needs those carbohydrates, but looking at the protein as well, it's like, okay, you still need a good amount of protein here. And when they're rushing out the door, it does make it really hard, but it's like, all right, you may need to wake up five minutes extra, you know, or making planning ahead and all right, what can you consume that you can grab out the door and you can consume on the bus or in the car ride on the way there? Um, we see a lot of, um, you know, they always are like, oh, yeah, we can do smoothies. Like everyone loves smoothies. Oh, yeah, we can do smoothies. But that does take extra time in the morning and it, a lot of cleanup. Like you still have to clean the smoothie um, blender, right? So it's like maybe that's not realistic. Like I love them too, but it's not on the top of my meal planning because of the extra prep each morning. Not at all. I my <laughs> my mind immediately goes to like your life. So obviously you're married to uh, a Kansas strength fo- coach for the football team. Um, you're running a business, and then on top of that, obviously you have a one year old. And so my mm-hmm. thought immediately goes to like, have you like over the time of having having your son, has it changed the way you viewed nutrition and and finding uh, like quick meal options, and and then thus being able to help other people find them as well. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, I have really focused on like, okay, and I actually talk about this in my online course that I just launched too, but working backwards is, okay, how much time on a Sunday do I want to commit to meal prepping? And then say, okay, I have 30 minutes and that's all I'm allowing myself to be in the kitchen because we're running every direction or I have other things I want to do. Um, and okay, what can I get done in that 30 minutes? And, and that's kind of how I prioritize, um, that planning ahead because the time that I had meal prepping in the past, like I had a lot more time because I didn't have a one-year-old, you know, (laughs) and now, um, it's, it has reframed my mindset. And then I, I try to prioritize. And this is what I tell my athletes too, is like prioritize, like what meals are you struggling with? Okay. You're struggling with breakfast. All right. Let's focus on meal prepping that meal. All right. And now you have 30 minutes. Okay. What can we do in 30 minutes? Wow. You can do a lot in 30 minutes, like hard boiled eggs. Once you put them in you know, or whether you're making them in the Instapot or on the stove. All right. So while they're boiling, you now have 12 or 13 minutes to do something else, you know, in that multitasking. And, um, but a lot of kids aren't familiar with, um, being in the kitchen or being comfortable in the kitchen. So, you know, it's like, all right, what are you comfortable doing? Like, or where can a parent help you? And it is, there is a lot of that. Like, I, I think I think through it a lot more now with a child, but also when I was creating my fuel, your performance boot camp online course, I was like, all right, what's the best way to help an athlete and a household? prepare these meals, like even when I'm not doing a one-on-one. So really looking backward, what meal do you want to focus on? How and then commit to a time. Um and I, I think that has really helped me be, like focus more. I was like, all right, I have 30 minutes. Let's see what I can get done in that 30 minutes, but I'm gonna prioritize breakfast. Um and that kind of goes along with like making those committing to small nutrition changes over a week or over time. Yeah, and then I think when we had our, our son, he has a dairy allergy, and so it's, it, we got to that point that you kind of mentioned earlier of like, well, we don't want to have to cook a different meal for one yeah. person while the rest of us are cooking something else. So we had to adjust and kind of put us on the course to, you know, a, a lifetime of of all eating the same thing and being a lot better about planning meals and a lot more intentional. So I feel mm-hmm. like I've I feel like we're in a good spot with that. Um, want to obviously thank you for coming on on the podcast. I think there's been a lot of like really quick, easy, usable stuff for people. And I'll toss a bunch of links down the show notes. So they can visit your website too and find your Twitter handle. But uh, before we go, I just sort of hand the mic back over to you again. And I don't know if there's anything that we missed or resources that coaches should have or anything that you you just want to get, get out in the open uh, before we kind of wrap this up. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I hope this was really helpful for yourself and the other listeners. Um, But you can definitely find me on my website, youthsportsnutrition.com. On Instagram, it's at youth.sports.nutrition. And um, I do have a parent Facebook page. So if you join that, I'll um, send over the link. Um, There is a free guide that you can download to help you get started. 
And um, I did just launch an online course that's really affordable. It has five modules that will really take you through what to eat, why are we eating that, helping you meal plan, and really relates back to nutrition and performance. And it's all geared toward youth athletes. It really brings it down and teaches you from the ground up. Um, I It is open right now, but I'll also be um, I will also be launching again, um, probably at the start of school. So um, it's a really great resource for individuals, coaches, um, or if you want to go through it as a team, that's really kind of one way I'd love to um, promote the product is having a team purchase the course and then going through it together. And then um, you would have, ac- of course, have access to myself. So um, I can send over the website link for that course. Well, yeah, I think we talked about it before. You've got, um, you know, the weight room is a huge frontier. The mental training yeah. stuff that's come out and, and gotten much more popular over the last 10 years has been another piece. Uh, but I really, I really do truly believe that nutrition is the, at least as far as we know, until we learn new stuff that we don't know yet, is the last kind of frontier of sports performance for youth mm-hmm. and, and high school kids. And I think it's really important stuff. And um, like I said, I'm glad we were able to connect and that mm-hmm. that we made this happen and lots of usable stuff for me. And so if that was true, I'm sure other useful stuff for, for coaches as well. So Caitlin, thank you again. So glad you could be here and um, looking forward to kind of following your career. Oh, thank you so much. And likewise. Gosh, so much awesome information there. I went ahead and tossed a bunch of links down in the show notes that will hopefully help you as you kind of try to maneuver your way through some of those ideas around nutrition. Like I mentioned at the top of the conversation, I feel like nutrition, food, right, is one of the last remaining frontiers that many of us have yet to tackle with our teams. And I'm kind of really excited about the direction that a lot of programs are taking. I also took a ton of notes while talking with Caitlin, and I'm sure you got some actual information that you can implement right away. So hope you enjoyed it. If you aren't signed up for the weekly newsletter or you haven't picked up some high school coaches club stickers, you should definitely do so. What's the matter with you? Get it done. Head on over to highschoolcoachesclub.com to get started. Don't forget to leave a rating or a review if you're listening to Apple Podcasts. I think it helps with an algorithm or something. I don't know. And go ahead and hit that subscribe button wherever it is you listen. Most importantly, though, if you found value from this episode or any previous episode, please share this thing. Social media, email, word of mouth, doesn't matter how you do it. Just find a way to bring a few more listeners in who might benefit. That's how we all get better, and that's how we grow the club. Huge fist bump to Caitlin McNally for jumping on the call with me. Thanks again to Netting Pros for sponsoring the episode and to you for clicking that play button. If you have any recommendations for people who should be guests on the show, be sure to reach out to me, even if that recommendation is you. Follow the club on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at HS Coaches Club. You can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Max Price and can reach me via email max at highschoolcoachesclub.com. All right, that's it. That's all I got. You're awesome. You matter. Thanks for all you do. And as Coach Lee would say, loving you.